When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Croshaw with me today. Chase, it's a late night, but I do still want to know how you're doing. Uh, interesting. Let's, let's put it that way. So I'm pretty happy overall. Uh, you know, first day of the football season and we're big football guys here as I think you guys have figured out by now. And I had a, I had a pretty solid day in fantasy. Um, you know, guillotine league, I'm going to survive. I won three of our four leagues that were in together or two or three leagues that were in together. You're not in the mega bowl. It's right. But yeah. I, I killed the human play in the mega bowl. Um, so you know, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty happy in terms of the fantasy aspect. Uh, best ball teams I was talking about beforehand. My best ball teams are in in a funky spot. I only have one that has a chance to keep on moving. Uh, the Lions put up a good fight there in the fourth quarter. Pretty entertaining end to the game, and then the rest of football has been pretty good today. So I, I'm I'm doing pretty good overall. How are you? Uh, I'm a little bit tired, but I have to say I'm absolutely pumped because of my Bengals. They pulled off a crazy win. And overtime, uh, we're going to talk more about the football season overall or, or the football week one schedule overall on the back half of the episode, uh, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But um, fantasy wise, it was OK. I survived in the guillotine league and the guillotine league. Wow. What a crazy situation we're going into. So uh, our buddy Mike Buckles, he started with Ronald Jones, negative point six points and wasn't looking too hot. Until Corey Davis and Jameis Winston decided to go crazy. So it looks like for now, he's going to survive. And then there was the question mark of our buddy Ethan, who had the first overall pick, got Christian McCaffrey, and now he's struggling. He's only projected, I think, 72 points or something like that. Well, now our buddy Giuseppe, it seemed like he was safe, projected over 100 points. I think he... uh, or maybe not 100 points, but projected over 90 for sure. He was sitting at 78 points, but his last player, Josh Jacobs, now questionable with illness. All people got to do now is hope to get that 78-point mark because if they do, they send Giuseppe out of the league. In order for that to happen, Sammy Watkins is going to need to get 24 points. Sammy Watkins and he's, he's got two players, right? Or was one of them in the night game? Uh, one of them was in the Nike. He just got Sammy Watkins. 
So, um, so Ethan needs Sammy Watkins to put up 24 points. Um, Robert needs Lamar Jackson and Latavius Murray to put up uh, 26 points. That'll happen. And then Garrett just needs three points. That should be fine. So, overall, I mean, it looks like Ethan's going to be on the chopping block here. Maybe if uh, Andrews puts up a, a zero and Ethan surprises, maybe, maybe we'll be there. But, um, yeah, it, you get the first overall pick in an 18-team guillotine league and you're out week one and his draft started out like solid too super strong so like he he just fumbled the bag with with how he finished that draft like it it was really bad how he finished and ellen robinson was the player i was thinking about because when i was checking it was before the sunday night game and so he had a robin sammy watkins left Uh over um benefit of the doubt to ethan though he had trey sermon and zach moss both healthy scratches coming into today's games so that's super unfortunate for him but at the same time i don't mind whatsoever having not to deal with christian mccaffrey ever again in this league yeah because that could just be a a headache of a guy who just guaranteed 25 points and one healthy every week yeah it's an absolute mess but for today's episode of the bullets broadcast we're going to be talking some news around the nhl uh we're going to be again talking about our overall thoughts on week one hitting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely, for sure, we will be doing that. And then finally, I did want to talk a little bit about NHL 22. They've been releasing mini trailers, which I think have been really cool. It's nice to see them actually being somewhat active and putting stuff out there, even though it feels like we should have known the game by now. And, I mean, two, three years ago, we would have had the game already because they've had to push it back. But uh, before we get into all of that, the room looks a little bit different from the last time you were in here, Chase, in the studio. Uh, still still a couple things to do. We got to get the border up there to drown out the noise. We got to get the I'm, posters behind me. I'm glad you said up there and behind me so yeah. the listeners can see exactly where you're well, talking Well, the thing about. is, is well, I'm talking to you, and you, know, you can see me, but the listeners, um, well, they'll just have to wait for a video podcast, which hopefully will be coming soon, but uh, that cost some money so we'll have to wait on that yeah for no for, for sure but it, it is coming along pretty well once it's like all done we'll, we'll definitely post to the socials so you guys can get a good look at it but it, it, it's coming along quite nicely i have to say i'm absolutely pissed though because everyone who sees it goes oh is that a lion's room no it's not a lion's room <laughs> i'm a Bengals Go fan lions just because it's gray and blue doesn't mean that like the bolts the tampa bay lightning they're a, a blue um black blue and white and then our We're Not Professionals podcast has the blue logo as well. So that's why I picked it. Not because of the Lions. No one cares about the Lions. Uh, some people care about the Lions. We were pretty much in a packed house tonight. It was today. great. I, I do want to ask about that, actually, before we move on to the news. Um, you don't have to talk about like the game specifically, but just the atmosphere. This is the first time being in a Lions regular season game in like a year and a half, two years. Yeah, it, it was it was cool. Um didn't get to see open kickoff. The lines were so clogged up. I think they were down about half of what the gates are normally letting people in. So the lines were really back to trying to get in. So we just stood out there waiting forever. So I missed opening kickoff. I missed the beginning when they were kind of, they created some uh, chaos for the first five minutes and then kind of started struggling from there. So really I didn't get to see any of that in the seats. So when I was in the seats, uh, you know, I got to see the first touchdown, which people got pretty excited for. But after that, there was not really anything to really get guys excited up until, you know, we left with about six minutes left because, like, okay, oh, no. we're getting our shit pumped. What's the, what's the, what's the <laughs> point of being here? Well, let's head out. And then I, I pull red zone on, on the phone, and I see, um, I, think it was, I think it was Cephas catching a touchdown pass to make it 31 to 41. I'm like, like excuse me? What, what, what happened here? 
Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, very unhappy that it missed that in person. And then they went for the two point, got it, making yeah. it forty one thirty three, and missed a successful onside kick. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that, that was an upsetting way to end it. But like the whole game, it was it, it was pretty bleak inside. The 49ers fans were uh, out there in uh, pretty good numbers, especially in our section. The section's a couple over next to us. They they, they were making some decent noise too. Um, so it, it was it was good being there. I love being at Ford Field, but it's gonna be a tough year. Yeah. Uh, especially when they have to play the Bengals at home. That's going to be really tough. Yeah, that's so scary. I mean, that offense. And, hey, I thought Jamar Chase couldn't catch. I love that. I see that so much out there on Twitter. And then Joe Burrow comes into his uh, post-game presser and says the same thing. So that's awesome. But let's move on to some hockey talk. Uh, We got some news to talk about. Uh, First up, David Backus, he signs a one-year deal back with the Blues, and then he calls it quits. Yeah, so well wishes to David Backus in, in his retirement. Uh, played a played, played a pretty good NHL career, I would say. You know, he, he he was known as this guy who's got some offensive ability, but a little bit of a shit stirrer as well. Played played a game that I loved watching. I love those power forwards who really bring some offense too. Uh, obviously, his, you know his play kind of trailed off the end of his career, like those types of type of guys normally do. But he still played well. Had a good long career. So you know, best wishes going forward. Whatever he decides to do. Yeah, I like that he comes back with the Blues too. It's always nice to see those uh, really legacy players for certain teams return home before they retire so yep. they can retire where they made their legacy. So nice to see there with David Backus. We'll see what he does in the future. Uh, next up, continuing with the St. Louis Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko apparently is going to be with the team to start the year. Yeah, um, so this came from the coach staff. They said right now Tarasenko's with the team and he'll be with the team throughout the season. So Apparently, there's not a whole lot happening on the trade front. Um, you know, we haven't really heard anything recently. We, I think I mentioned in the last episode that apparently a team was um, willing to take on salary if they could find a third team, but it looks like they've been struggling to find that third team. So you, you got to keep him around. He's still a good enough player. Um, if he wants to play, like he, he's got to play. I mean, if he sits out, you can he can forfeit some money, I guess, but he's going to want to play hockey. He's, he's getting older. He still wants to go try to win a Stanley Cup, win another Stanley Cup. Um, I hope he gets traded because, like, I'd rather see him somewhere else. But I just don't know where that would end up being. At this point, it's just annoying as fans because we know what a good player Tarasenko can be. And it feels like if he returns with the Blues, he's not going to be able to reach that potential that he had previously because he's disgruntled. The staff is disgruntled. The team is disgruntled around him. They're not going to be trying, at least I would assume, I would assume that the connections are a little bit soured, so they're not going to put him in the best position to succeed, but rather the guys that uh, are with the organization and happy with the organization. Yeah, 100%. And it really would just be nice to see. It. Like, if he wants to go find success like elsewhere, it has to be now. Like, later in his career, it's just not going to happen. He's already had three shoulder surgeries. He's getting older. He's, he's in his 30s now. It really sucks because Tarasenko... He had this ability, he had the ceiling come into the NHL where he could legitimately have been a top five player in the league easily. He he has every single aspect of the game that makes him a just un, unquestionable superstar, absolute elite level player. And he's had some great production, but he's he still just never reached those. Like he still has probably two or three more levels he just never actually reached. So it would be nice if he could go somewhere else, maybe have an opportunity to, to get there. It would be unlikely at this point, but I mean it wouldn't be impossible. I remember when he came in his rookie year, uh, he was going up against the 
Detroit Red Wings, and you were not having a great time because he was lighting it up. Gross. And, gross. you know, we are expecting the absolute world thinking, man, this guy could be like the next Ovechkin. He's got the size for it. Uh, of course, the Russian factor ties into it, but also he can score a lot of goals. And we've seen him do similar things, but just like you said, hasn't reached that maximum potential and uh, not sure if he's going to be able to, especially if he sticks with the Blues. Next up, Brady Kachuk, another player that we talked about recently when it comes to, come on, we need to see our stars in the NHL. If we're not getting them, what's the point of even watching? Reportedly, he's going to be back before training camp. Yeah, uh, so supposedly he's supposed to sign his contract, which, you know, there's been things thrown around on the internet at, at all these different terms, these different, um, you know, salary and what he's going to get paid. Who the hell knows, but supposedly he's supposed to be there for a training camp. His contract's supposed to be figured out. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't, it, it doesn't feel very true to me because, I mean, at this point we haven't heard a whole lot of positive progress. I hope it does because, you know, we, we want to see me see him playing it on the ice, but I just really don't feel too optimistic about it. Yeah, I don't know. When you, when you go out and re-sign and contract extend the GM over there in Ottawa before one of your bright young superstars... I don't, I don't know if that's the right move, especially when the GM I'm not a huge fan of. I know we've talked about that. What was it, last episode or two episodes ago? Yeah, Dorian's a fucking joke. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that um, little piece of news there. Uh, Ryan Miller next. Uh, he gets named for an assistant for the U.S. in the upcoming Olympics. Love to hear this story because Ryan Miller, former Spartan baby, love those Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, yeah, the, the the Miller family, nothing nothing like the Miller family in Michigan State, but Ryan Miller was a very good NHL. He kind of, you know, really after that Lucic incident when it looked like he got just, like, murdered, he kind of dropped off there. It seemed like he was never really going to be able to be a, you know, steady NHL goalie, but he found a role as a backup and played pretty well in that role up until retiring. Uh, now he's going to be on the coaching staff for Team USA, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's joining the staff that is headed by Mike Sullivan, also assisted by Todd Reardon, John Hines, and David Quinn. So a, a pretty solid staff going forward. I'm sure he's going to be working in some sort of like goalie type of role. He probably won't be on the bench. He'll probably mostly likely be in the press box and stuff. But still cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish we got to see a little bit more of prime Ryan Miller because in his Buffalo days, he he was awesome and I don't know if it's because he went to Michigan State or because he's a good old American goalie or, or what it was, but he was definitely one of my favorites up there with Henrik Lundqvist. So uh, unfortunate that you said the the big hit from Milan Lucic, but also uh, once he got traded from Buffalo, it really felt like his career was going downhill as well. So um, that's tough, but to see him still be in the game of hockey, really cool. Oh, 100%. I'm all for it. Um, you know, I, I like guys getting... I, I want to I preface this. I'm not a big fan of ex-players getting into management, usually more often than not. Like, some guys can handle it, and that's great. But a lot of times, the hires are just kind of, you know, like old boys club. But coaching is, is a little different. Like, the, the coaching aspect of the game, you got to be able to really get into a player's mind. So I love ex-players getting into high-level coaching right away. I have no issue with that at all. So I like seeing this move. Yeah, kind of like Wayne Gretzky. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I, I want to hit on that really quickly. I... I I don't know. I, I've gone on this tangent before. I don't know if it's ever been on this show or just in, in other arguments made. But people don't realize Wayne Gretzky is very clearly the greatest hockey mind 
that has ever lived. It's not a question. I, I don't care what you say. It is not a question. He is clearly the greatest NHLer of all time. That don't mean shit. When you're that level of mind, like, how do you explain this? Like, how your brain processes something to Patrick Maroon? Like, how do you, like, Wayne Gretzky. What are you saying? I'm saying exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky can see the play 45 seconds ahead before everything. He knows everything that's going to happen. That's what made him such a dynamic player. So he can try to explain it. But at the end of the day, hockey is such a reactionary game. You like you can't process anything that he's saying. He's telling you he might tell you to do this thing, or he you know he sees this coming. But like only Wayne Gretzky sees that. It's like you know story that was told on Chicklets. Uh, Sidney Crosby was telling Ryan Whitney to do something. Whit just goes, "Sid, I you're the only one that knows how to do that. Why are you telling me this? Like <laughs> it, it truly is true. These great hockey minds can't coach the game because they just see it so much different than everybody else. It kind of reminds me of when I'm trying to explain stuff to you with the Bolts broadcast. You know, you just, you just don't pick it up, but yeah. it's all right. Oh, yeah. I yeah. get you there yeah. eventually. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> to totally. All right, last little piece of news here. JT Brown, uh, he dives deep into the science world, uh, pledging his brain to CTE research. Yeah, I mean, JT Brown is just an all-time dude. I love JT Brown. Whenever we can talk about him in any way, I'm all for it. And I like when players do this kind of stuff too. Because, you know, CTE is a pretty, like, newly found disease. And we're seeing, you know, some of the results of, of these players post-career having pretty significant, you know, mental issues or health issues. You know, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but, you know, too many have taken their life because of these related issues. And we don't want to see that happening. So, you know, once JT Brown is passing on, hopefully it's not for a very long time. And you can get the proper research on his brain and, you know, just him and the collection of other players who are donating their brains just to kind of get a better understanding, you know, maybe in our lifetime they'll have a fix or a better treatment on how to stop these from happening in these contact sports. I really hope so because, you know, I don't want the contact going away from these games. You know, the way it's been the last few years, rules have been implemented to make less and less contact, and it's really just changing the way the games are played. And, like, hockey and football, those sports really need contact. So hopefully they can find a way to minimize the damage that is done. Yeah, it's really cool that players are out there trying to advance the science and advance the, um, not responsibility, but kind of just advance the safety for future players. So really cool to see there by JT Brown. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about our overall thoughts on week one of the NFL season and our thoughts on the NHL 22 mini trailers they're putting out there on Twitter. But before we do that, we got to go to a quick commercial break. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner to the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Thank you to DraftKings. Make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook if you want to bet on some football games. But speaking of football, uh, overall thoughts on week one. Uh, we talked about it. The Lions, they had a crazy end to their game. The Bengals, they were able to pull out a win in overtime. But let's talk about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were in the very first game of the season versus the Dallas Cowboys. And what do you know? We were correct. We said that this game was either going to be a blowout for the Bucs or it's going to be a very close game with the Bucs holding on and winning the game late. That happened. They scored the game-winning field goal after Tom Brady. Man, he gave a look on the sideline after Dallas had the go-ahead field goal, and it was already known that the outcome was a Bucs win. Oh, it was game over Yeah, once that happened. I mean, really, there was no doubt. The, the Cowboys didn't have much of a chance to win this game, no matter what was going on in the game. They really didn't. Bucks are just a significant, significantly better team, I should say. And, you know, Tampa fans, you, you know, a lot of you guys listening are going to be Bucks fans as well. I mean, you guys obviously watched the Super Bowl last year. You watched through the season. You understand that Tom Brady running this offense really is something special. This defense is a very tight-knit group. They, there's really not a hole in this game other than the run game. But when you can throw the ball 50 times a game like they did and in that whole game, you know, you don't really need to worry about it. But going forward, they definitely are going to have to establish the run. I think they're going to kind of go back to a split kind of committee thing because really neither one of those guys did anything special in that game. I, I think they're going to kind of give them both another chance or at least a couple chances throughout the year, kind of see how that's going. But good sign for the Bucks. You know, a good way to start the season. They definitely are looking like a strong team to possibly try to defend their title. Absolutely. And Bruce Arians, when it came to the run game, he went with the hot hand, or not necessarily the hot hand, but the, the non-cold hand because Ronald Jones fumbled early and – Leonard Fournette basically took the job for the rest of the time until that last little drive where Gio Bernard was out there basically the whole time because he is the best pass catching and uh, I would say pass blocking back on the team too. So uh, interested to see how it goes forward. I agree. I think Ronald Jones gets back in the backfield and he does continue to get snaps. I don't think it's going to be solely Leonard Fournette going forward and then Gio Bernard in those uh, two-minute rush plays down the field. Um, but I, I do think Ronald Jones will be back there. Also, I think that Bucks fans need to settle down a little bit because I've seen some people complaining about the defense. You were versing a phenomenal, phenomenal offense in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you stopped Zeke, which is great. Um, they were missing one of their best offensive linemen, but... Their pass game is so deadly. Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. I have him as a top 10 quarterback in the league. And then their trio of wide receivers is only rivaled by the Bucs themselves. Yeah, I mean, both these offenses are likely going to finish as top five offenses at the NFL at the end of the year. And I would agree, you know, we were not high on Dak at all for the first couple of years in his career. But it's gotten to the point where he's just producing. No matter what we think of his true skill set, he's just flat out producing. It's kind of the same thing with Tom Brady. He doesn't have an unreal skill set but he just produces like no one else. So if, if you can produce, it really doesn't matter. And Dak really has become that guy. And the Cowboys offense is a very talented group, as you were talking about. You know, Zeke had to kind of work in pass protection this game. He didn't really get many attempts on the ground, but he was on the field a lot. It's some, it seemed like Tony Pollard was vulturing touches, but really at the end of the day, like Zeke was the guy in terms of snaps. He was truly the workhorse. 
Um, so, you know, if, if you're a fantasy player and you're worried about Zeke, don't hold on to him. Keep, keep rolling forward. But it was a hell of a way to start the, the NFL season, though. That that first game was super entertaining. Yeah, and the Bucks coming out with the win, showing that they are still the team to beat in the NFL. Awesome to see. I also have to say, watching that game, I was laughing my ass off because someone here has some Zeke Elliott shares, and every time Tony Pollard touched the ball, they were not very happy. And then in the passing game, it only went to Michael Gallup and the tight ends until, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper broke out eventually and had huge games themselves, but, like, it took forever. Yeah, that was that was a really weird game, the, the way it all kind of worked out. And, like, you know, even on the Bucs side, Mike Evans didn't really get to do too much because Gronk was just eight targets, eight catches. Yeah. Just taking really all of Mike Evans' work. The guy I was listening to, I don't know if it was Colin Coward, it was something. Uh, they said Gronk by far has the best hands in the history of the NFL. And, I mean, after watching that game, dude was not dropping the ball. He had some crazy catches. Yeah, that's what made him so special. He's not fast by any means. He's not an unreal route runner. He's a good blocker, and he has just this ridiculous set of hands combined with his just stupid size. It's what really made him the special tight end that he was and the reason he can still be dominant at his age. And, honestly, coming from a Bengals fan and a Lions fan, do you, you listening right now, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, do you realize how fucking lucky you are to have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski? Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement, but both of them deciding they're just going to come down to Tampa. It it, it could have been many teams, could have been a variety of teams that they chose, and they chose your team. Do you know how fucking lucky that is? Just remember this. Nobody in the history of the NFL has had just the pick of the litter and chosen the Lions or the Bengals. Well, I mean, that's obvious. Uh, I I feel like that was the case for the Bucs, too, until this happened. Because yeah. the Bucs don't have a great history. They've got an 0-14 season. Uh, they had some decent seasons, for sure. But overall, the Bucs are one of the most poverty franchises uh, until now. They get Brady yeah. and Gronk. No, 100%. It's fair. But... You know, like they, they were kind of feeling the pain, but they were also a younger franchise. Not like they were, yeah. you know, some like really historic franchise. Like the Lions have been around since the twenties, so the Lions have felt this pain really forever. They've won championship before the Super Bowl, uh, and still even back then, the like guys weren't just, oh, I want to go play for the Lions. You know, if they ended up here, great. They were ending up here, but that was really about it. So, you know, take it all in, enjoy it. You're going to watch Tom Brady. You know, just do things that a, a forty is he forty five now? A forty five year old quarterback shouldn't do. Like, it, it really is just stupid. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, Chase, it's not people saying, oh, I want to go to Detroit or, oh, I want to go to Cincinnati. It's get me out of Detroit, get me out of Cincinnati. Yeah, that's literally last year, you know, or like this offseason, I guess. Matt Stafford, the, the wide receiver to the Lions, you know, all, all of them did that exact thing. They all got the fuck out of here. And we had to watch Jared Goff today. That was painful. Yeah, I have to say one last thing about this that we're talking about right now. Get me a Tom Brady in the Cream Skull jerseys game. Yes. I need to see that. Agreed, 100%. Would absolutely love it. All right, let's talk about some other games uh, week one. Um, little surprised on a couple of them, including Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, neither of us are huge fans of him. However, he was arguably the best second-year quarterback in the league today. Outperformed Herbert, outperformed Burrow, and outperformed Tua as well. He had a great game. Yeah, he did some work. He was throwing the ball better than I expected. He, he ran 
I mean, he was kind of leading that Eagles offense better than anybody. I would honestly say better than anybody expected. I know people thought he could have a good fantasy game because they were playing the Falcons a weak defense. He has a rushing upside, but like he actually passed the eye test too. And last year he didn't really pass the eye test very many times. So it's a positive sign for the Eagles uh, that, you know, there was talks that they might be looking at Deshaun Watson. Maybe this kind of, you know, deters them a little bit away from that. Maybe they decide, all right, Hurts, maybe can be the guy, and they're going to keep working with him going forward. Uh, if that's the case, cool. If Hurts can progress, you know, I'll happily be wrong about him. I don't have very much faith in him, and I still don't. You know, I think that really not anybody, but anybody with enough talent can have these types of games. If he can continue, you know, going forward, progressing, then, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll eat dirt, but I really don't think it's going to happen. He was also versed in the Falcons' defense, yep. which – I expected a little bit more to the Falcons offense because Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, you got two great players there. Russell Gage, I think he can be a solid number two, if not number three, you know, um, if he gets the opportunity. But Matt Ryan and that passing game weren't able to do anything. And then also Cordero Patterson was the lead back, not Mike Davis. So really weird stuff out of Atlanta. Yeah, I'm happy with that, though, because in that 18 league, I took Cordero Patterson there at the end. So he got me a few more points than I expected. I'm happy, though. Um Two more things I want to talk about before we move on to the NHL 22 stuff, um, both involving rookies. First up, rookie quarterbacks, the top five rookie quarterbacks selected, all got touchdowns in their first game, whether that be passing for four of them and then a rushing touchdown for Justin Fields in the Sunday night game. But interesting to see, Justin Fields not the starter, Trey Lance not the starter. Both were able to get touchdowns still, though. A nice look for all of the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, these guys, I think, are all good enough to play. I don't have any issue with Trey Lance and Justin Fields sitting, though. I mean, Justin Fields should probably start over Andy Dalton. But, like, Trey Lance and his situation, I have no issue with him sitting. Um, but, like, I, it was good to see these guys get out in some way, shape, or form. I'm all for this two-QB system. It's, you know, it's kind of college But when you got two guys with two completely different skill sets, which is literally Fields, Dalton, and then Lance and Garoppolo, if they, they're they're both super talented like try to find a way to use them so that's kind of what they did in these games and you know it was pretty welcoming to see yeah i agree uh i am a little bit heartbroken for andy dalton and i tweeted that out because you can see that he's trying and he wants to be the best quarterback he can possibly be but it feels like at least for me when i was watching the game it felt like the Offensive line broke more easily when he was in the pocket rather than Justin Fields. Uh, it could just be because they're different play styles. Um, but also, the fans have completely turned against Andy Dalton, and I get it. I want to see Justin Fields as much as the next guy, but we got to remember Andy Dalton is human, and it hurt my heart because he used to be a Bengal. Yeah, and, and Justin Fields has said pretty much the same things. He said, uh, you know, it's great that the fans are showing him the support, and he appreciates everything. But at the end of the day, Andy Dalton, he's a human being. He's the starting quarterback of this team. He's very much part of the team than anybody else. Do not go out there and boo him. It, it's he he find, he thinks it's a kind of a joke that people are actually going out and booing, you know, the quarterback for their team. You shouldn't be booing your own players, especially, you know, going into the season when nothing has happened yet. Absolutely. Well, final little piece here uh on the NFL. Uh rookie receivers, at least the top three. Jamar Chase, 101 yards and a touchdown. Devonta Smith. 71 yards and a touchdown, and Jalen Waddle 61 yards and a touchdown. There were some question marks about Jamar Chase. As a Bengals fan, I can make a lot of jokes about the people saying, oh, he can't catch. But overall, the top three wide receivers taken, 
all looked really good in their deb- debuts. Yeah, they, they really did. And I have, you know, Devontae Smith in a couple of leagues. I don't own, or I own Jamar Chase in one league, but he's probably never going to, like, really make my lineup. Most You can just trade him to me then. No, it's okay. I'll keep holding on to him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's awesome to see because I, I like seeing these young guys perform. I like putting my stock in them. Um, you know, I, I like kind of going bigger, going home. It's kind of what you're doing with young guys when you're playing fantasy football. And just, you know, in regular football, too. Of course, you you know you want to see veterans go on, you know, and like have these great prolific careers go on and break records. But you also want to see rookies come out immediately, perform, do crazy things. You want to see them break records too. And you know, just kind of in the 49ers game, for example, um, Elijah Mitchell he broke the rookie rushing record for first game, which was really random and and great coincidence for him. But that's beside the point. Uh, the, these three receivers they did play really well, and uh, you know, I saw mostly what Devontae Smith is doing. I saw Jamar Chase's one touchdown catch, but I saw pretty much all Devontae Smith's catches and. He looks like he belongs. Anybody trying to argue, oh, he's too skinny, he can't handle. No, he looks like he belongs more than most NFL receivers. It was fun watching him score the touchdown and then going back, meeting up with Jalen Hurts. They've got that Alabama connection. But also, it was cool because we got to see Devontae Smith score the touchdown, look really good, and this kind of myth of him not going to be able to handle the physicality in today's game kind of just washed away because we already know he's done it. He's right here. Just did it. It's great to see. He truly is a different type of receiver. That's why, like, I was pretty high on him. I still had Jamar Chase, my number one guy, but, like, Devontae Smith was close, the closest number two, and nobody else was closer. I'm pretty sure you had Jalen Waddle ahead of him in your rankings. Yep. Which is fine. It's a different type of skill sets, but just the way that Devontae Smith produced and being a, such a unique, like, fit, like, it's what I get that's why I cause concerns, but at the same time, you know, Kyle Pitts has, he's this unique, you know, freak as well, but his case is different. He's just some athletic superstar. Just these things we've really never seen other than Calvin Johnson. Uh, but these guys like that are unique. It's so hard to judge him. It's why, they, it's why he got the criticism because he looked like he was so small, but at the end of the day, he just does it. He might be, you know, 170, but he can play like he's 210 and he can handle the workload. He can handle the physicality like he's 210. Yeah. And they're, they're very different receivers and, yeah. uh, if I was Miami, I would have taken Devonta Smith because they already have Will Fuller. They have that burner. So I didn't agree with the Jalen Waddle pick, but overall I love both receivers. Not as much as Jamar Chase, though. So uh, that's going to be it for our football talk. I want to hop into NHL 22 stuff real quick. Um, the game, they're showing uh, little 40-second um, mini trailers of a bunch of stuff. We saw a GM mode one. We saw a Be a Pro one. I got to say the game looks really cool, looks clean. But it always does. There's always a little bit of a difference that makes me go, oh, this looks brand new. This looks really cool. Um, so on our last game, NHL 21, when you were playing GM uh, GM mode or franchise mode, it's called now. Yep. Um, there was like a, a darker interface. Uh, I don't know if it was black or if it was like that dark blue, but there was a darker interface. Now it's like a bright white interface and it's like, oh, wow, that looks super cool. It looks new. Oh, there's different font, too. It looks great. But there wasn't much shown that I love. Uh, GM Connected was guaranteed that it will not be coming back. Uh, one thing that just absolutely irks me, and it looks like that's not changing this year either, is the dark silhouettes for creative players that was still there. Uh, and then I think the biggest thing that I took away from these mini trailers, and Nasher talked about it, they still have the same Stanley Cup celebration. How hard do you think that is to change? Like, it, it must take three years to make one because it seems like it's impossible to do. 
Yeah, well, it did change um, when it got over to the Xbox One X. It did change. So uh, it was the same one for a good five, six years, changed to that. And, you know, with the new console, I kind of thought it was going to change too. You know, I thought uh, I, with the new console would be a new celebration. And sure, you want to see, like, new changes, but that is something that also is a little minuscule. So I wasn't that worried about it. But the fact that the change didn't happen does kind of irritate me because it just kind of shows laziness. Um, you know, they put a lot into this X factor thing that, that they're doing, which I think could be a, a unique aspect of the game now. And I'm looking forward to it, but it feels like really nothing else has changed other than like world of Chell is pretty different. And then these X factors, but everything else I feel like it's going to be exactly the same, uh, other than some colors and stuff. And I'm not a big fan of that. The menu still didn't look that fast to me in that franchise video that you sent me. Yeah. Like, it still looked kind of slow, kind of laggy, and that was the one thing that really drove me crazy playing franchise mode last year is that the menus, like, you just couldn't navigate it fast enough where you go play Madden, everything is, it's seamless. You know, you can go through all your tabs really quickly. Um, you know, you go to 2K, same type of thing. MLB, same type of thing. You can get through everything a lot easier, but NHL, for whatever reason, things just take a lot longer, and I hope that by the time game comes out, they have that fixed, but I'm not very optimistic. Yeah, and there's been no confirmation on roster sharing coming. But at the same time, there's been no confirmation it's not coming. So I'm no. still holding out. I'm it, still holding out. It's just not. Like, you well, you can't do nothing with your game except revamp the colors and do a little bit of work on World of Chell because it's literally getting no playtime because people hate it because it's not the NHL 14 World of Chell. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but... And this is the reality that we're living. It's kind of what we're going to be getting. What they need to do is, you know, in Madden, there's just like the share and manage files where you go, you can go to the community, you can download playbooks, you can download draft classes, you can download rosters, blah, blah, blah. They need to create a same community, like file, like share manage type of type of list thing where you have rosters, you have teams, introduce a, like have cut like base logos, introduce fully customizable logos too. like MLB has them where you can just upload those too. Uh, just let, let as much creativity that can be shared amongst the community happen. I, I don't know why you restrict things like that. Yeah, I don't know. And going back to your point on the Stanley Cup celebration being so minuscule, uh, I agree. However, when there's people out there that are like us who really only invest in franchise mode, maybe a little be a pro, uh, you see the same stuff over and over yeah. again. Or at least I do because I do a lot of winning. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> Um, so it, it's just like it's minuscule but for the people that only play that mode it's a big deal yeah and no i understand that like i do agree like just what you could do honestly and this would be perfectly fine take some time record like two or three and just alternate them like and like randomly that to happen like yeah. that would be enough of a welcome change where people literally would stop complaining and like you might be able to get away for 10 years with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not in a graphic design, not in a game development whatsoever. I don't know how long it would actually take to do one of those scenes. But I feel like if two people, three people just sat down for a week and uh, like a whole work week, I feel like they'd be able to get something done. I agree. I, I agree 100%. So I, I could be way off. And if I am, you know, go ahead and inform me. But uh, that's just my thoughts on it. Overall, hey, I really like that NHL, EA Sports, they're coming out with these mini trailers because we do want to learn more. We want to know more about the game because it's important for us to know what's in it before we buy it. Uh, at the same time, the stuff we're seeing isn't the 
perfect NHL game we were all hoping for. So a lot more to come. We're going to be interested to see what's coming up. We're going to talk about it more on this show. So if you want to stay up to date with that, make sure you're coming back here and make sure you're following us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. But that's going to do it. We're going to hop into hockey name of the day. I'm going to scroll down quick here. Oh, Bill Quackenbush. Yes, sir. Bill Quackenbush is an old NHLer. I'm sure some people know the name. So he ended up playing in the NHL from his first game in 1942 all the way through 1956. So, yeah, he, he was an old-time NHLer. He also coached uh, Princeton University men's and women's uh, different time frames, you know, men's from 67 to 73, the women's from 79 to 85. So he was pretty active in the hockey world. He passed away September 12, 1999. He was a defenseman, played his career with the Red Wings and the, the Bruins. So he, he was a pretty prominent player in his career. He ended up getting in 774 total games, you know, played that old style game. Uh, you know, obviously don't know much about him, like personally, because obviously never had a chance to meet him, anything like that. But, you know, he does have a pretty legendary name. It's a well-known name for guys who enjoy old hockey, who enjoy hockey names. Uh, and I figured that we should get it on here. Yeah, it feels like a great old school hockey name. So not hard to say, but definitely a fun one to look back on. But that's going to do it for this episode, Chase. We'll have you lead him out with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bulls Broadcast, it's at Bulls Broadcast. If you want to follow us on, or follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, excuse me, at HockeyPodNet, that's at HockeyPodNet. All right, I follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. That way you're getting your hockey talk, your football talk, and everything you need in podcast form. Go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts and network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Check out our blogs while you're at it, too. we got some fun things to read. Wherever you're listening, if you raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, we'd really appreciate it. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when it's time for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.